Because you said that you had, um, you were the oldest of like 14 children, and that you had two years, you lost two years of school, mm -hmm. so I wondered if you had time to play. I remember um, very young years of playing, but I had, I had, I did no teenage um, playing too much. I guess I did. I had a little childhood. I remember the public school uh, playgrounds at summer. During the summer, we played ball. I remember playing volleyball. I remember playing, playing baseball. Um, I recall occasionally going to the movies with my aunt, who was eight years older than I, my dad's sister, but not free of, of, uh, of responsibility of babies and taking care of children. So I got a little childhood in between my mother going to the hospital having babies. Did you know you weren't getting it? Oh, yes. Yes, I knew that. But it didn't seem to matter. It, um, I didn't realize those things until I became an adult. But I always think, um, I guess I maybe as like when I got older resented it because it was an adult duty, and um, I had to do it. But I don't think any of that hindered me. I really don't. I always feel that if there's anything that you want and you know that you want it, you go after it. But I don't, I really, truly, I don't feel that it hindered me from doing anything that I had wanted to do because even after marrying as early as I did at 18, I had an opportunity to go to school um, to get more come? education. Did you? Yes. But I don't think the two years. Um, took anything from me. I think I still was learning. I, I think people still learn. Did you take off for two years or did you just lose? I lost the two years. I did not. Um, when did you stop? I don't understand. Well, I mean, did you stop in the 10th grade or, or, or did you just? I finished the 12th grade, okay, and then but I did not graduate from high school with the class that I left grade school with. Yes, that's what I was trying to yes. get you missed as time went on. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to meet more friends, different people. Um, as a, Well, I think you always learn, even though you're not in school. If you want to. Yes. Want we did, they did not have uh, daycare, but I think I learned how to live with people and get along with people as I move through life. Um, you're, I think you're always learning. I, I think I was working up to the question of who did you play with on your street if it was, if it was an integrated street with no. white children? No, we were in um, a black neighborhood, although there were a few uh, merchants who had children. But we did not play with them. Oh, I'm 
must have misunderstood. I thought you said in the, the other day that it was an integrated stream. I must have misunderstood. Uh, no. Um, talk about love at your school. Can you? Uh, do you feel like you? Got a good education. Oh yes, yes. Uh, in those days, black teachers saw that you got good educations. How did they do that? By teaching you about your heritage, your culture, your customs. Uh, people who had gone on before you, Paul Lawrence Dunbar. You learned a lot about uh, different ports artists, um, Frederick Douglass, who was an orator. Um, you were telling me that you told you about poets. And most of your teachers were Southern educators. Uh, they came from the South, and the South always had schools. Uh, your best schools, black schools, are it uh, located in the south and uh, I shall never forget in the kindergarten um, Mrs. Word was uh, the kindergarten teacher and she reminded you of a grandmother beautiful woman had a wonderful temperament smile small woman in statue and when she would go south during the summer I don't know today what, what what she did. She went to visit relatives or what, but she'd always bring cotton back from the fields, uh, cotton fields, and that was my first seeing cotton. Although when I got older, I learned that there were cotton uh, grown in Missouri, south of here, but I never saw it. I never went that way because all of my parents are from this area. My grandmothers, uh, my grandfather, that one that I knew, and um, my mother and father were born here in St. Louis. Although one of my grandmothers was born in Chesterfield, Missouri. Or St. Charles. Chesterfield. Chesterfield. Mm -hmm. um, so did she then relate the cotton to she would bring us kindergarten people. Yeah. Uh, Why did she, what, what did she do with, when She would educate she us and tell us about the cotton and why it was grown and what it looked like and what they did with it afterwards. Did she relate it to, to your history? Yes, yes. And how did she do that? She would tell us stories about how the blacks worked the fields without machinery. And they didn't have any machinery at that time because they worked for poor sharecroppers and uh, lived on the, the land as well. And then, of course, some of them owned some of their own land. But she would um, discuss the cotton, and uh, we had to understand it. It's wonderful because you We could feel it as she talked to us about it, and she'd bring only if, uh, not a lot, not a piece for each child, but it would be passed among us. Mm -hmm. um, and then you went on to 
Yes. Oh, and I shall always remember the principal. His name was Arthur W. Reason. And he was a Southerner, but a well-dressed man, very proud of himself. And he was, I don't know what school he was educated in, but I know he was a Southerner. We had some, and I also remember one particular teacher. I remember several of them, but this one particular teacher, um, Mrs. Williams reminded you of um, Josephine Baker, our show person, because she was, she dressed beautifully. Uh, she wore her hair pulled back very tightly, like the Latin women, and she wore this makeup, and she was someone you would always remember. What did they, what did, how did they make you feel? Um, they taught you the history, but what, what else do you think? Did you, did you have a mentor among them, or did you have a, someone you looked up to? Was there someone that I think we admired on? all of them. I really do. I think uh, they all were our mentors. Uh, they were people who did not dress like your mother dressed. These were professional people, and their clothing looked different from my mother's clothes. She was a housewife. A lot of housewives did not dress. You didn't see them look like that until there was, uh, if they were going out or going to church. Every day you saw them. They were dressed. The hair, they wore their hair differently. They even wore their hair, of course, bobbed and, sh and cut. I remember Mrs. Henderson. Her hair was about your color, and she wore it short. And women in those days went to the barber shop and got their hair, their hair bobbed. And um, she was about your complexion, heavy set. Very cute woman. I remember the little feet she had. Did they ever come to your house? No. I remember one woman telling my mother, um, and I think it made my mother feel good. She said, Mrs. Mosby, if it wasn't for women like you, we would not have jobs. Because they had children, and uh, it gave them an opportunity to have someone to teach. <laughs> she did not have any. Um, of course, in those days, they didn't allow women to marry either. That yes, was teachers. That's right. But um, the men, the, the principals, could have wives yes. <laughs> and a family. Well, we know that. Yes. <laughs> They've always been people who could do different things. South of Jefferson, Jefferson Avenue Bridge. Yeah. Um, were the people that lived, uh, were the perceptions the same of the of people that lived over there than they were people that lived in north of the bridge? Yeah. Yeah, there were still black families north of the bridge. But, but and they began on that end of the bridge and went as far as. Um, Market Street, which was the dividing line of the city. Mm -hmm. And there was, oh, they went a little further than that, too. They went 
because there were two theaters there. Uh, the Star, three, matter of fact. The, the Star, the Strand, and I'm trying to think what was that third one called. It was not as popular because it said it did not have a restroom in it. <laughs> we never did understand why not. We used to talk about that. Why wouldn't that theater have a restroom in it? when the other two had restrooms. Uh, the Star was located on Jefferson, oh, about three or four doors from Market Street, south of Market Street, and on the corner of Walnut and Jefferson, there was a fire station, firehouse, where they had a fire engine in there, truck, and right next door to it was the Star Theater. And then you would go east on Market Street from that corner to 21st and Market and there was the Strand Theater which was a few blocks um, west of the Union Station and then in between those two on the those two theaters they were located on the south side of Market Street and then on the north side of Market Street was this other theater. I can't recall the name of that theater. It did not have the restroom in it, but it, it sat on the north side of Market Street. I've got a list of it at home. I'll run by you and then you can tell me. Okay. Um, can you describe that area for me where people lived, which we now call Mill Creek since they tore it down, but was, what do we call it, uh, uh, Market and... Jefferson and Market area? Mill Creek was not in that area. Well, it was, it went down, didn't it go down to 18th Street? And yes, but uh, Mill Creek was um, uh, south of that, Mill of Market was. Street. Mill Creek was around Del Mar and Franklin and um, Lucas Avenue. That's where Mill Creek was. Can you describe that? That was re rebuilt. I was quite young. I didn't get that far over in that neighborhood. Um, from what I can remember moving through there occasionally, was there were large homes. First, second, and third floor. I'm talking homes. about, I'm talking about, and you said made into rooming. I understand some people had room in houses. Yeah. Most of them were. And what was so nice? I mean, or rent, I mean, then they had, then they were rented into upstairs and downstairs. No, into rooms. And, oh. People occupied sleeping rooms. Yes, or, or if they weren't rooming houses, then they had like a floor. I also remember hearing conversations when you would come up the that people rented maybe two rooms in the front or three rooms in the front or two rooms in the back and three rooms in the back end of the house because the houses had several rooms on those floors when you come up the hall uh, the bathroom 
separated the houses so they could they would have two families on some of those floors and of course the third floor which some people considered attics but some of them were uh, full living uh, quarters were on those floors and there would be a family up there also with um, uh, the Durette's room and it had running water up there um. had a sink Bedroom. Sometimes they, I think most of them were two, two rooms up there. I want to ask you um, about the the differences, though, in the different black communities at that time. Like you had, you 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 were connected to the area that we're talking about now. As far as no, you weren't. Well, that's what I was asking earlier. The perceived differences between where you lived. And when you went across the bridge? Oh, I think uh, those two groups of people lived, like, well, I shouldn't say groups of people, but that area all lived the same way. The, same way. the difference in the black areas were in the Ville and the West End is where your educators live, your teachers who taught you. Of course, their finance was was different. So, uh, I you know you always people of different um, when you have more finance, you live differently. Okay, how about you said you had a friend that lived out in that went to was it Marshall School or Douglas? You had a friend you said in the last interview. I had a friend who lived in Webster. Webster. It went to Douglas High. How did you how did you meet that friend? Through our social uh, football season, you met uh, people and became friends with them. Although you didn't have transportation to be with them, and you didn't have a telephone, but um, occasionally you would drop a card holiday time and you'd look forward to seeing them at the football games because as I told you before we had two high schools one technical high school uh, there was a school in Webster that was all black and in the black community in Webster and in Douglas I mean in um, Kirkwood and then you had of course the black high school in East St. Louis Lincoln High um. I remember uh, when I met, after I met my husband in uh, Vashon, who played on the football. He was a in <laughs> receiver. Well, that team, I remember them traveling to Memphis, Tennessee, to play the black high school in Memphis. And how exciting that was uh, for them to come back and talk about that. Even the um, principal, when we had prep meeting in the auditorium at Bashan High to talk about the boys going to travel to Memphis, Tennessee to play this particular team and how great they were. And um, it was fun time. Yes. It was fun time. Like to us it was not um, a trying time. And it was always wonderful for Bashan to uh, win the uh, football and basketball uh, over Sumner High because we felt 
um, kids who are, of course, fortunate to live in the West End and in the Ville, uh, uh, if they were not educators, their fathers they had good jobs. I remember my husband's um, relatives, the father worked at a packing company. He worked at a packing house, although he had a filthy, nasty job, but he had a job where he was respected. He was bringing home the bacon, as they called it. He, uh, they couldn't uh, afford to live in the veal. Steady income. So the clean job that you were talking about before um, had a status, but so did the one that brought home the money. Yes. So it yes. didn't have to be a clean job to have status. Not necessarily. And then there were some men who were chefs and cooks on the trains, butlers and chauffeurs. It was certain jobs that uh, weren't respect because these people had money. In those days, um, anytime there was uh, a person who worked, had steady income, of course they were admired because they could afford to buy different things and do different things. Uh, these people, uh, majority of them were from the South. These people could ride a train home during the summer. The children could go home to their home, their grandparents' home during the summer and stay the summer or the entire summer or part of the summer when mother and dad would maybe drive down with the family. It was a big deal when they could take the train down even though they had to carry their lunch on the train, their food that they were going to eat. There was no place to eat. Even when they traveled by truck, car, uh, they could carry, they had to carry food. What does that do to you? It does nothing to me. Not a thing. I just did not witness I, I was not a person who lived that. When, when the children would come back and share these things with us, it was like hearing a story. It was like storytelling time. We look forward to hearing what someone did when they went south. What happened? I mean, the fact, what did it do to people that couldn't eat where other people ate? What did, what did It made a lot of people angry. It hurt a lot of people's feelings. Hurt a lot of people's feelings. And of course, you know, they wouldn't have come forward and fought the civil rights. Um. They um, constantly read and would dig for reasons to say that this was unfair, constantly. We had people who, who would speak up. That was a difficult thing to do. 
they were admired. They were greatly admired, and, and the teachers would always let us know who these people were who would speak up and out. On that same subject, um, sometimes when I ask questions about how did you, how did you know this, how did you know you couldn't do this, how, um, what did your parents tell you, some people tell me what their parents told them. You said you learned a lot of things on your feet. Uh, you said also that things were understood. Uh, it was common knowledge, and uh, you knew what was expected when you went down town. Um, there's just no concrete answer, though, for or how I, I, I tried to put it in my own life, you know, and I could. But is there any, uh, can you elaborate on any of that? How you knew, or did a friend tell you? I think in any household you hear adult conversations. You always hear adult conversations. It, it was something that you knew you couldn't do. So you were happy with what you could do. Well, you made the best of what you could do, but there were uh, a lot of people who knew better. And today, you you still have people who want their rights, know their rights, and they exercise their rights. Some of them will do that in spite of, and they take advantage of their rights, and that's what blacks would. Had been saying, um, let us exercise our rights. And I think these laws were made without considering uh, blacks in mind. I, we often say, blacks often say, that when laws were made for people, there were eight, ten, twelve white men, not white women who sat around a table and made decisions for themselves with no one else in mind but themselves. It was rules were talked about and made for the men like themselves. So when they Because they knew women were to their women were to be at home taking care of their babies in their home. They made rules and regulations and they knew that blacks were to work for them only. So rules were made for white men only. The rules about blacks were made for? Rules that were made for this country, for their business, for this land were made for white men well, I, I in see. mind. Okay. 
term, um, there's a lot of different, there's always classes in every race. And you told me um, that you felt as, as a young person that your family was poor, working to middle class, poor working class. Um, and that there were words that people used um, if you, I think if you tried to get ahead, like um, you're stuck up, I'm, I'm reading it, if you think you're better, you think you're cute. And I gave that some thought and I was wondering if you and your husband, as you married and made a life of your own, if you were going up in in, in class, um, you were you had a job out at River Road to Sticks, and he was working as a fireman. That's all I know so far. I don't know what else. Um, and did people kind of resent? Did some people you know resent that you all were getting along in life? I, is that where that comes from? Where does that come from? And, and oh, that those words were around. I think even before I heard them as a kid. No, but I'm saying, did that? What did that have to do with you? And you, you mean if I experienced? Yeah, I mean any you, of you, these words. You, when I went back over the tape, I, I heard a number of times that you talked about uh, different class. And you referred to it two or three times, and I wondered um, if you felt you were poor working class then. You're not poor working class now. I mean, then you're not poor working class now. Um, so, what is it about the word class that uh, you could tell me about that pertains maybe to you? Well, I think today it's the same. Um, there's classes within classes of people today. Within same races. difference. Yes, and in, um, as people on the whole, you find a lot of different cultures that are combined today who do the same kinds of things. You have your artists of all races together. You have your doctors of all races that are together. You have your teachers um, belong to certain sororities and fraternities and they understand their movement, what they're all about, what they're talking about, what they wish to do, even though if there are uh, the black sororities and the white sororities, uh, the white um, fraternities and the black fraternities. But all of those people are competing for the same thing when they um, get out into the world. They want the better jobs. So class so, transcends race. Yes. Color. Yes. So it's right. the same movement even within the race 
even though most of the food that they eat may be the same, but their thinking is a little uh, do better in life. You'll find one or two of the kids will get educated and uh, move on to better positions when they get out into the work world. Uh, you mentioned, I don't know if I understood this right, when you were talking about the class within the uh, or status, within the people that worked at Sticks, um, and you used the word picnic. Were you actually talking about a picnic that people went on? Yes, okay. fun. A All fun right, picnic. That's, that's fine. Um, Recreation, so yeah. social, away from work. Did the church have an impact on your life? Was it important in your home? It's kind of difficult to answer that one. We were not, um, neither one of our, my parents or my, neither one of my grandparents were highly religious people. They were just people who did, how can I say that? They were just common, ordinary people who um, were, were trying to make a, a living, uh, trying to get along. And um, religion was not uh, one of the top priorities. Um, like some families or um, generation after generation, uh, Presbyterians or Catholics or uh, study of the Hebrew religion. It was not, um, we didn't have that in, no. That was not a great part. Uh, no more than um, education was not a big part and not in my family. It is in some people's families, um, but not in my family. And growing up? And growing up, yes. Um, when, did you, when did you first learn that, that there were people whose skin was a different color than yours? I think we always knew that. Uh, it was something that you knew. It wasn't any big deal on it. We just knew it. I don't recall myself asking uh, why my skin was darker than someone else's. Because in the black race, you have uh, people of various complexions. Um, I remember my dad's mother's father. Father was a white man, and he looked, my, grand, my grandmother's father looked like a white man. My mother's mother looked like a white woman. So, and there were several very fair, their children were all fair skinned, very fair skinned. You told me that your father's grandmother came from Chesterfield? Yes. So what, what years are we talking about there? Oh, early 1800s. 
So were they slaves or were they freemen? Free, free and lived on farms. That's incredible. Of course. Is there a town or the name of a... Just it's just Chesterfield. Just Chesterfield, town. Missouri. Oh, well, that that's the town. Yeah. I mean, that's... But uh, was it, it was Chesterfield then? Yes. Mm -hmm. Limited on my history. Excuse <laughs> me. Where to be taught. I think you'll been, find. Been here a long time. Yes, I think you will find um, most any place that you go. You will find other ethnic groups other than whites, because for some reason, uh, whites always brought along other people to work. And they became. They, yeah, they worked on the farms there. But as I think back, reading in the paper, um, I can't remember the man's name who went to Alaska, carried a black man with him. And as a result of that, some of the Eskimos ended up half black and half Eskimo, half white. And so did this white man leave the American, half American white Eskimo. So as men travel, <laughs> men travel. Is that white man again? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. Okay. They said as the um, people constantly say, well, I'm German. Mm -hmm. There are so few which I believe and doubt pure yes. because the Hans, as they say, always came out of the hills to war. <laughs> so wherever he uh, fought war, he left his babies. Did you, um, did you think about anything that you wanted to uh, talk about? Mm -hmm. All right, I have a couple of questions left. Okay. Poor thing, you're so sleepy. <laughs> you got a long day. Uh, I'd like to know um, how you how you were treated by the customers at Sticks downtown that you remember. Most were kind. Most people were kind, and most people uh, appreciated your service. I always feel that. You were people who were kind with money, and most people with money had servants. And very few had servants uh, in the white race. They later on, or they had money and traveled abroad, perhaps they brought, or if someone came to America looking for work, um, they gave service. Uh, they had French maids and they had um, English maids and, and of course people with money had those kinds of servants were um, looked up to and uh, respected and people gave them high recognition and 
when they had blacks of uh, light color, which they always say that's uh, whites always had uh, the light colors at the house and the dark people worked in the fields. And um, that, that was always a certain respect. I wondered how, how the people, uh, what you experienced over the years, yeah, people's attitudes, because you were with Sticks from 1956 as a sub in the 1958 till 87. 87. And then you, you went to Brest, to Jamestown, and what year? When they opened, I went to all of the branch doors for opening. Uh, we had to be there for receiving of shipments of um, whatever the I just store how needed. The attitudes of people had changed over the years towards. I think there will always be some people who don't want to be bothered with you. And getting back to people with money who had servants. But not only, not only, not only, not only um, that kind of person, but not, not just top being nice, but, but accepting, being tolerant, accepting you. Like, like we're talking today, you and I. Like, you, you know, know it was, it's so, like you're saying. Well, getting back to it, there was a point I wanted to say that I feel, and there are a few blacks who feel the same as I do, when there are people who are nasty, whites that are nasty to you, we always feel there were people who did not have money, who were not used to having uh, servants, people waiting on them. We always felt that people who were nasty were people who never had anything. Uh, in which we prefer to refer to as poor trash, who were poor poor what trash? Poor white trash okay. had nothing, so they were not used to having you around. People who had money uh, loved your service because they paid for. It. They were always, like I said, there's always different kinds of people in all classes. There were rich people who were very nasty not only nasty to their workers, they were nasty to their family. They were just old bastards. <laughs> they were just ornery, ornery, just ornery. That's right. <laughs> they were just ornery people. So, um, we always had a way of looking at each other when uh, operated elevator operators at that time before I went in and uh, um, worked in the, as a maid, display maid, and then moved up to p having a position equal to the white women that I worked with. It was just that when, <laughs> when you'd see an old nasty one, we always just felt it was he was torn and upset because he didn't have a damn thing. <laughs> well, it's he just didn't have anything, and he was just miserable. All right, well, now tell me about Preston L. Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> the man of my life. You know, we'll be married 48 years. 48? 48 years. Wednesday. Wednesday? Mm -hmm. The third, whenever, when is the third? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Congratulations.
thank you, 48 years. A hard, struggling, smart, intelligent, wise, lovable, would get very upset if I said I had a headache. I wasn't supposed to ever be in pain. <laughs> oh, adorable father. Sounds like the perfect man. And incidentally, oh, why didn't I bring it to you? One of my daughters became a doctor September the 7th. Oh, how wonderful. So you became the educator. Mm -hmm. I think, well, with the father and I working together, but I, my husband was with the fire department 34 years, and that meant he worked 24 hours on and 24 off. And I should never forget he and I were, we were traveling to Niagara Falls and taking the, the children to, to see some of the world, some of this country. And we stopped at the service station to gas up before we went into the state of New York. And it was so cute. Something happened. And there was something I did not do. And the white gentleman asked him, my husband, well, why don't you reconsider the co-pilot sitting there next to you? And I thought that was so nice. And I always considered myself as the co-pilot from then on. I like yeah. I liked the name. That's nice. But I had to do a lot of things the 24 hours off that we would do together the 24 hours on. So when he was home, of course, we always had dinner together. That was the time the family was to be together, and he always wanted that. We always had that, even when I went to work. And I went to work when my girls were six years old, and they went to school all day. But he did not want anyone telling his children what to do other than he or I. So how did you work then? I could not go to work until they were in school oh, all day. When they were in school, <laughs> when, when, yes. Um, and then the days he was off in the fire department, he spent with them. Did he? What did? Did he do anything? What did he do? What's Prior to yes. becoming a fireman, mm -hmm. he worked for Wabash Freight. Wabash he was Freight. a Wabash Freight handler, dock handler. Uh -huh. He unloaded the trucks from and across the dock they went into boxcars to go to certain places in the country. And would you believe it? That was after he had been, he had graduated from Vashon High School and had spent three years in the U.S. Navy and they would not give him a job reading and telling the directions in which the freight was to travel. They kept him a, a, handler. a handler. 
and there were men working there who could not even read English and couldn't speak English. And he would help them to determine which way the merchandise was to go into the boxcars, in which boxcars, because the Wabash would not hire him in, a, in that capacity. He left that job to go in the fire department. It was either going to be the police department or the fire department, or the post office, because they were hiring blacks at that time, which paid better salaries, and you were not outdoors working in all kinds of weather. But it was amazing. And incidentally, he learned a bit of Italian working with these men. And these men respected him because he would talk with them, and that's why, how he learned Italian. And um, it was just amazing. We would talk about these attitudes. The white men would hire men who would come into this country and of course that was being run just like the carpenter and the plumbing uh, construction business. They would hire families, not other people. And I guess that was mouth-to-mouth -mouth recommendation. You didn't have to fill out an application. Uh, John or Joe brought in his nephew, his cousin, his wife's brother, uh, his brother-in-law, his friend uh, or whomever at that time I think they were still uh, you had to have what did they call them when you came to this country sponsors mm -hmm. you would bring someone in the job and that's how they got the job what did you and your husband like to do either together or how did you use the city is really what I'm asking um, and how did public accommodations change, did it change? Public accommodation changed when the civil rights uh, all over the country was beginning to focus on civil rights things to do. We had black restaurants, black theaters, that's what I was telling you about, that right. we could go and enjoy ourselves. Uh, you had black people um, standing in and running certain own businesses for white people that we attended. Um, my husband and I reared our children uh, with little income, or we could do other things with our income by enjoying the civic things, the public uh, things that we had in the city. The zoo, the parks, Shaw's Garden, um, art museum. We used to go down the riverfront and we saw the five or six transitions in which the riverfront took. So these, were, these were the things that we would go and enjoy. The Muni Opera. Um, and you exposed your children. And when they became uh, young, adults, teenagers, uh, they volunteered 
in these places where we um, took them as children like to enjoy. They work with the art museum and of course um, whatever they could do at the um, Charles Garden and the and of course they worked in the hospitals as candy stripers. Where did they go to school? They went to school, uh, Scullins oh, school, grade school, and my oldest girl went to Beaumont when after integration. And um, uh, the other girls graduated from Northwest High School. Did you move, or, or was this just... Yeah, we, we moved. That's um, why they went to different... Yes, we moved from... Um, we first got married. Uh, my mother-in-law was a widow. A divorcee, I'm sorry. And um, she lived in a big house. So my husband and I moved in with her. It was impossible to find a house at that time when the men came home from service. When did you get married? We got married in '46. So your husband was in the Second World War? Yes. Mm -hmm. Drafted from high school. In the Navy, what was his job? Mechanic aviation, third class. And it was hard for a lot of people to believe that he was not um, what, a cook yeah. or instant. Yeah, I've got my mouth open. Yes. Tell me. Yes. Uh, he, matter of fact, he, Saturday night, uh, he and his classmates of 1944 celebrated their 50th class reunion oh. Saturday night. And one of the guys uh, that he worked with on, you know, putting the class celebration together laughed again Saturday night that people did not believe their position. Also. An aviator mechanic, uh -huh. and his cousin was also who lived in the Ville, who lived, whose father worked for the packing company. Uh -huh. Is was that independent packing company that uh, Vanner Vanner and uh, Shoto? Maybe. That's where Elijah Tyler's father worked. Elijah who? Cleveland, and Elijah's father worked there. And they lived in the West End. Well, how did that happen? How did I don't know. You know, um, at that time, they would send the South to the North and the North to the South. Those who were born in the South came North to take the train. I don't know how that swapped around, but these guys left here and they took their first training in Memphis. And they got separated, a, a few of them, because some of them went to um, the Navy Academy area up in Chicago, mm -hmm. off the St. Lawrence, I think, up here. And my husband and three other guys went to San Diego, North Island. I heard they talk about it so much. <laughs> you know how men talk about their years <laughs> when they were young men. Did he go overseas? No, he was, the war ended just before he went, but he was the next group to go, and he remembered the report they got of the guys who went before them. They got killed and hurt.
But that was segregated too, you know. What, the Navy? Yes. Oh, yes. And the Army. Mm -hmm. We also, this past, last year in May, the 50th anniversary was written about and celebrated for the infantry of black army men, engineers, black engineers built the highway in Alaska. Were you aware of that? And the we visited the University of Alaska in Anchorage, who, whom the students had written the story about the, this achievement. And after they built the engineers built this highway in nine months. Then the Army decided how they could use them during World War II abroad. And they built the highways in which they transported, the trucks transported equipment to the front line. You said your dad brought home, did you say a Kroger sack? Is that K-R-O-G-E-R, -E -E like Kroger stores? What I don't remember how Kroger, they spelled that. What word. is a Kroger sack? I guess I need it for the spelling, but I would like to. That was another name for those. Was it just a, a paper The sack? woven brown sacks. Haven't you seen them, what they bring onions in today and, and rather than boxes yeah, sometimes? But, but is that, is that a... I don't know how they spell that. You know, I'm going to look that up. But it's Kroger? Right. They pronounced it that way. And I don't... something was Clips. Clips, uh... Oh, that was the man's name that my father worked for. Okay. I've got to look that up, too. I think I can find that um, spelling. I know. I have another question. What did you do between... Clips, that should be spelled... K-L-I-P-E-S? Mm -hmm. I don't know if he, what nationality was. I don't know if he was German or what. You know, I'm going to see if I can't find out some information and see if I can locate anybody who remembers that, where that location was. I'll speak to my sister and find out where that location was. Um, what did you do after high school before you went to Sticks in 1956? I uh, went to the vocational school and took sewing. What was the seamstress? There was, I know Washington, but oh, you went Washington Technical High. Why did I think it was only for men? Well, they did um, mechanical work down there, the I guys know, did. I don't think I've ever had a woman tell me. And, and I took tailoring. Them. That's what they uh, called it, tailoring and um, seamstress. I, um, I took those courses. But that was a mm hmm I used to make the children's clothing and my own. I used to make um, bedspreads and 
window works and um, couch covers, throws. And so after you did that? I was a housewife. I, um, before I started working at Six, I worked for Seymour, Selmore's. Selmore's, was it Selmore? Yes, that's right. Sold lingerie because after I had taken that course, and uh, I wanted to go to work so badly. And my husband says, No, there would be no one over these children until they're in school unless it's your mother or my mother. And neither one could not take care of the kids while we both worked. Well, that's really uh, so. You married in Forty-six. Married in forty-six. Um, your your daughter. What kind of doctor is she? In education. Oh, not a medical doctor. No. Oh, she got her doctor. Doctor. Okay. In education. Oh, that is that's. Marvelous. Mm -hmm. Where did where did she attend school? Uh, college, you mean? Uh -huh. She graduated Southwest Missouri State, and then um, she got her master's from Saint Washington University. And then she got her. I'm sorry, wasn't that was my other daughter? You getting your daughter's things that they all got so many degrees. She went to Drexel in Philadelphia. Uh -huh. Does anybody live here? All of them live here. Oh, all, all of them do. Why did I have that feeling? Yes. Okay. After Southwest Missouri State, um, they both stayed gone for a while and worked away from here. I guess about. I think one stayed away five years, five and a half, almost six, and the other stayed away seven years. And then they both found their way back here. Um, Sylvie got her master's in Philadelphia after Southwest Missouri State. Sheila came home and got her master's here at Washington University. And you have how many grandchildren? I have one. One. Grandson. He's 17. 17 gave you candy. Yes. <laughs> he was the reason I didn't eat the proper lunch. <laughs> if I ask you to describe yourself, well, first, do you feel, do you feel that you're a member of a minority? As far as race is concerned, yes. But as far as... <laughs> <laughs> As far as people know, you know, I am so grateful that I married the man I married. To me, he was a great teacher. He was, um, we were always sharing, because my husband was never a people person. He was a family man. Um, I guess I really don't have the words to describe this guy. I think you already have. <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned a lot from him. So I found out early, he and I both 
found out very early in our lives who we were. We were not always people trying to find out who we were. We knew who we were. We found out, we learned early. From each other? From each other and from working with other people. We would, um, at dinner time,